Jackie Crossroads Music Podcasts. We are a music podcast. We talk about absolute garbage. And Eric. Ooh. <laughs> Almost had it. Oh <laughs> Almost my God. had it. That was so close. Um, Eric, what are you drinking today? I am drinking a small beer today, and uh, you'll find out why in a minute. Uh, but it's Big Wave. Uh, it's a golden ale by Kona Brewing out in Hawaii. Hawaii. Oh, so not a local. Not a local Just beer for today. Not a local beer, but it's actually kind of neat. In the glass, they have, they have the actual islands cut into the glass. Which is pretty sweet. Very cool. So, uh, yeah. so yeah, we're we're a weekly podcast. We're here streaming live at youtubecom uh, band. Uh, so if you are um, around and you want to live chat with us, uh, feel free to join us here. Otherwise, we're on Spotify, Apple Music, all those good places uh, for podcasts. Uh, Taylor loves our intro. FYI, our <laughs> intro nice. video. Yeah, that's. That's a good summary of how this how this show goes every single week. <laughs> <laughs> it totally is. <laughs> All right, so Eric, how's it going? How, how's your your past week been? Uh, it's been interesting. I will tell you that, say the least. Uh, you already know, Cam, but uh, I broke my ankle on Friday. Um, training jujitsu with a buddy of mine, a couple buddies. Actually, one of the Fans is uh, an avid listener to the show. Um, so we were training, and then you just heard a loud pop, followed up by the uh, girlish sounds of me screaming in pain. <laughs> and so, yeah, I got to, went to the hospital, had surgery the next day. Oh, my uh, God. So pretty much I dislocated my foot. So, like, my foot. Here, let me see if I can show you. It went, like... So, like, that that's, like, a regular, like, foot. Mine went, like, out. It, it like, bro- it pretty much it did not look like it was in place. I dislocated it, broke both bones on either side of the ankle. So they had to, uh, they had to bring me into surgery, repair both, both bones. So I've got pins and plates, and now I'm in a cast, uh, taking heavy medication, which is why I'm drinking a very light beer. Very light. So, and I'm going to sip on this for the entire hour and not push myself. <laughs> so it's the surgery. The surgery is like a legit surgery, right? You have to like go under and they like operate oh, yeah. on you. Oh, my God. Yeah. And, and this is the funny thing because I guess this is like technically about music. So I, uh, they put me under, they put you on the, on the bed and they're, they're just like asking you the same questions over and over again from the time you enter the hospital for surgery to to the like you get under the anesthetic and they're like you know do you have any health concerns blah 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 right and uh i just remember the nurse putting the oxygen thing on my they're like okay this isn't the good stuff but like they're like have you had tested positive for covid (laughs) and like all those questions i'm like no they're like okay now comes the good stuff and then lights out i don't remember anything oh my lord (laughs) so so it was like i was like (laughs) right and, and then I woke up. I just remember waking up. Like, I remember everything, like, detailed of, like, what was in the room. Like, I remember it being cold. It was, like, a big echoey room, mm-hmm. right? Tons of nurses, a uh, surgeon, a doctor that put me under the anesthetic. And then I wake up to the sound, like, and I, and I saw, like, four figures kind of around me. And the first thing I asked, I don't know why I asked this, but I asked, are you guys musicians? <laughs> <laughs> And then they started laughing. They're like, no. And I'm like, oh, do you guys play any instruments? And one <laughs> one nurse who I don't even know who it was, like, oh, I play piano. And I was like, do you want to jam? <laughs> that was the only thing. Like, I don't know why I said it, but that's, that's great, what I said. That's a great impulse. <laughs> I know. Impulse. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so, yeah, now, now it's just uh, recovery and get it back to strength and then do some physio once the cast comes off and then good to go so well eventful week for you i, I see mm-hmm. yes uh so in your uh hallucinogenic state were you listening <laughs> to any music uh i was a little bit uh definitely but but like after the surgery like when i was on the heavy meds i was like i was messed up <laughs> like <I> was... <laughs> um anything notable you want to talk about or um, uh, for new music, I guess, uh, this is pre, 
ankle break. Uh, so I listened to uh, Janko Jones is coming out with a new album called Power Trio. Um, uh, so they have a new song called I Want Out, which is pretty good. Uh, Danko Jones is more of like a, I would say they're those trios that are just very simple music, right? It's not like most yeah, it's... Tr- trios are technical, like, you know, yeah. you got like Rush and that, but I wouldn't consider these guys as skilled as Rush, but easy listening, like nice garage rock yeah, they're stuff. Straight, straightforward rock, a little bit hard rock, uh, straightforward, <laughs> but yeah, pretty much. Uh, Dirty Honey, which is a new band I came across, uh, never heard of them before. Uh, they have a single called California Dreaming Out, which is kind of like, uh, if, if you dig like, uh, remind me of like Aerosmith mixed with like the White Stripes kind of sound to them. Aerosmith and the White, okay, interesting. It's mm. an interesting it, mix. It was an interesting mix. Uh, and then I listened to Bones Owens. Who's pretty no good? Idea like, who this is? Bones uh, Owens. Yeah, so he just released his only album. Okay. And uh, if I was to describe them, they're like Black Keys mixed with, um, what's that? Twenty One Pilots band. Okay. Twenty One Pilots. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's good, but like I feel like okay, like it's not notable. Like I feel like he could easily slip through the cracks. <laughs> Kind of thing, but but it's still a, an, an enjoyable, enjoyable album. So is this a too. band, and where are they from, if you know? But uh, Bones Owens is a is a guy who has a band backing him. Okay. So okay. and he's from. Um, let's see here. If you're like peeking. If you're like if you're talking that close to the mic, you're peeking. <laughs> uh, it's just the way that I'm sitting because I have to elevate my leg. <laughs> uh, he's from Missouri. Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> okay 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 interesting so, so yeah that's some interesting stuff uh i've actually been listening to a decent amount of stuff mostly like not not religiously like most of the stuff is just new things and i'm like most of it's past uh but uh released two days ago uh march 19th yeah march 19th uh lana del rey released um i think her her new album and I listen. It's called uh, "Chemtrails Over the Country Club." It's not good. <laughs> I, I, she has a, a music video out for uh, one of the songs off of it called "White Dress," and it's worse than I remember her being. Mm. <laughs> it's very annoying. It's a really annoying song. So it's it's still in that Lana Del Rey style of sort of whimsical, airy. Um, not really it just doesn't sound like you you give a fuck about the music that you're you're singing about that sort of style uh but then she starts doing this like high pitched squeal like at the end of every verse and it just <laughs> it just annoys me it just annoys me so much <laughs> um so yeah there there's that uh so that is a do not recommend to anyone because it's not good um the a uh, few other things I've been listening to, actually, in the same sort of um, female female music, female driven music, uh, Evanescence. They're going to release a new album on March twenty sixth, so pretty soon. They have a new single out called "Better Without You." I took a listen to it. It's all right. It's um, it's not very gothy anymore. This band, I think, sort of given up their goth roots. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's a phase. Yeah. And like like if you work off, like it's a phase and then you grow out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um just be chipster. Yeah. I mean, it's all right. It's compressed to shit. Like her vocals are compressed. It's just squashed so much on that uh mm. on that song. But it's it's okay. It's an okay song, I would say. Um for those of you interested, uh Fife Dog, uh the how do you say it when someone's dead? Not the former member of a tribe called Quest, but a the deceased member, a deceased member of a tribe. I don't even know what the <laughs> term is. Anyways, <laughs> he passed away, uh, and we'll talk about his death uh, for today in history later on, I believe. Uh, but uh, he is uh, 
they are going to release a postmortem uh, album for him. So um, they just collected a bunch of his like you know stuff that they've recorded over time that's never been released, and they're getting producers and and guest musicians to like fill in all the spots. Uh, so a solo album by Fife Dog. Uh, of a tribe called Quest that is going to be released pretty soon, uh, but they did release a new single slash music video called Nutshell Part Two. Uh, it's featuring Buster Rhymes and Redman. Uh, definitely check that song out because it's so good. Uh, that's Nutshell Part Two with Fife Dog uh, featuring Buster Rhymes and Redman. It's just like it still has that tribe called quest like sort of groove but with buster rhymes and redman in it uh who are a bit more uh like hard hitting like when they rap it's like hard syllables that they're usually uh running with uh so it's just like it's so good it's a really good hype song uh, in my opinion and the music video is pretty good they did a pretty good job they took some like stock footage of fife dog um and then they like put it on top of a live feed of Justin uh, of Bust, Buster Rhymes and Redman. Uh, so it sort of looks like they're in the same room and jamming together. Like if you look really closely, you can tell it's like there's definitely two videos there, uh, but they've done a really good job of sort of merging those two. Uh, feeds. Oh, nice. Yeah. So That's pretty cool. it looks like he's still alive. I'm like, was this released like six years ago? I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there's that. Um, also some other, I guess, staying within the hip hop realm, uh, Snoop Dogg has released a new single called CEO, uh, that was released, uh, I think March 18th, somewhere there a few days ago. Um, if you're into Snoop Dogg, uh, I would say go take a listen to it, but there's nothing, there's nothing new about it. Um, mm-hmm. it's sort of just like pretty standard Snoop Dogg song. Uh, I listened to it a few times and it's like, okay, I'm done with it. There's nothing really really here <laughs> i didn't need to listen to it over and over again fair enough um and then <laughs> this is my this is my one my first complaint i guess uh of the night that i i have no one to complain this to so eric i'm gonna complain <laughs> about this to you here uh so <laughs> so march 15th uh e40 who's a uh, new york rapper i believe I'm pretty sure I'm correct on that. Uh, He's like one of the old school rappers. Uh, He released a new song with uh, Joyner, Lucas, and T.I. I think the song's pretty good. My problem is the music video. Uh, So just some background. Like, I played flute in high school. So as a former flute player, I am very offended by this music video. I'm going to show it on screen here. There you go. So this is the music video. Uh, so Joyner Lucas is on, uh, the right of the screen and on the left is just a model who is holding a flute. However, if you look really closely how she's holding that flute, it's not correct. For some reason, her right hand is flipped backwards. That's not how you play a flute. Your (laughs) your right hand should be on the other side of the flute. It, this is not how you play a flute at all. So, children, if you're watching this music video, do not learn from this music video. Do you think she's actually playing? No, she like there's a flute in the song, but she's like, she she's definitely <laughs> like you know miming to it. But I don't know who who told her this is how you're supposed to hold a flute because this is completely wrong. So, so just for our listeners too who don't know anything about like wind instruments, like. Uh, like if I can remember correctly, I'm 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 assuming it's going to be the same almost like as the saxophone. So there's certain keys on certain sides, and your hands are in a certain position. So it's not like the guitar. Like you could play right-handed, and if you really wanted to, you could take a right-hand guitar and just play left-handed and be like, "Screw all of you people, I don't care." Yeah. Right? It's not like that because your fingers have to actually be in the position to push the actual buttons down. Yeah. To play the notes, right? So you like I feel like it would be impossible to play it on the other side. It's not, I wouldn't say it's impossible. It's just a really dumb way of playing the flute. Like no one plays the flute like this. Not even like for cool points, like for like, you know, guys like Eddie Van Halen who do like sort of the reverse hand techniques and stuff like that. Like it sort of looks cool. This just looks dumb. It just looks like you're looks like she's eating, eating a Subway sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, that's my sort of gripe with this, this not, I guess not the song, but the music video itself. As soon as I saw it, I almost, tur- I almost turned it off. I was just like this, this can't be good. This is just no way, but I do like E40. Uh, I do like TI. Uh, so I, I soldiered through it and it ends up being a pretty good song in my opinion. I think, this- uh, don't look at the music video. Yeah, don't look at the music video. Uh, I think Joyner Lucas, uh, it's a bit of... I have issues with his flow in the song. Uh, I think he's sort of ripping off logic at points. But uh, E-40 is one of those rappers that, you know, he's very unique. Uh, and he there's no one that can copy him and there's no one that he's copied. So, uh, And T.I., as much as he's sort of a clown at certain points, he is a pretty good rapper. So... That song, uh, what's the song called? I Stand On That by E-40 featuring Joyner Lucas and T.I. Just don't watch the music video because it just infuriates me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then let's see what else is there. Uh, Sting Sting released uh, a new album. Well, I guess sort of a, uh, what's it called? A... um, not a collaboration album, but a compilation album. Uh, so he basically took all his past duets and he's put it onto, uh, I think, two discs. Uh, so that was released March 19th. Um, so if you are a fan of Sting, uh, that's a pretty interesting compilation. Uh, there's also new songs on there with brand new people. But essentially the theme of the of, of this album is uh, Sting plus someone else. So like Clapton's on it and, and a oh, bunch sweet. of other people. So. Yeah, that was an interesting one. And then, um, Eric, you probably have an opinion about this, but Carrie Underwood is going to be releasing a new album uh, March 26th. It will be her very first gospel album. Uh, okay, that covers. makes so that makes sense. So I did listen to that, the singles, and it felt like a Christmas album. No, she really, she already released a Christmas album. No, 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 like this is the new God, like this okay, is the new okay. God. Yeah, no, 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 I, I know, I know what you're saying. This sounds like Christmas, like I'm going to listen to this like song. Christmas? On Christmas. Yeah, so I'm listening to it. It sounds like Oh Holy Night, but different versions of Oh Holy Night. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Yeah. And it was like, at first I was like, okay, like I don't mind gospel music, but I guess I like more of gospel music with a blues twist, kind of like Ray Charles yeah. and, and kind of stuff, right? That just very like, you know, rhythmic stuff or is this gospel like it sounds like like she's making a christmas album in the summer <laughs> right like oh i'm gonna release this christmas album right now like that's what it sounds like <laughs> so like i i love carrie underwood i think she's great but i am not gonna probably listen to this album the singles were awful oh okay yeah so... I, did, I did i i saw that and i was like oh interesting carrie underwood's gonna do a gospel album so i i took a listen and i was like hmm Pretty Doesn't it me- sound like Oh Holy Night? Yeah, it's pretty mediocre gospel uh, for yeah. me. It's very if you're if you're super into like Christian heavy music, this might be up your alley. It's very Christian. It's like Presbyterian <laughs> gospel music. <laughs> Just very plain. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Very plain. Um, wait is that controversial i'll put i'll put it up i'm pretty sure that gospel sounding gospel (laughs) not even very plain presbyterian christian gospel it's presbyterian just just (laughs) oh that's even more controversial presbyterian is very plain Well, it is. It's, it's like one of the plainer religions, I guess you could say, right? It's the more boring religion. It's the boring religion. It's one of the more boring religions. Should I go on? I guess so. There isn't that much controversy for the Presbyterians. They just kind of exist, you know? <laughs> Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, Carrie Underwood's My Savior that's being released on March 26th. I might actually listen to that because I'm sort of interested in to see like what she does with it because uh, she's usually doing that country stuff. But I, she, I think she grew up with gospel music. So she did. Yeah, she definitely did, and it's probably the kind of gospel that probably she grew up with. Yeah, just that very traditional style. 
but you, you know, it's it's like what I was saying. Like when I when I listen to gospel music, I'm expecting like a Ray Charles thing, but that's kind of I know that's not accurate because <laughs> you know, but it's kind of the first gospel sounds I've heard. Yeah, kinda, but you know. but that is the better gospel in yes, the genre. Even it's controversial in itself. Yeah, it's sort of a weird combination, but it is it is the better gospel. <laughs> um, and the last thing, the last song that's sort of been, this is the one that's sort of stuck in my playlist. Uh, so this is a Thai rapper. Um, his song Cocktail. Uh, his name is F.Hero. So I think it's just pronounced F.Hero. Um, go listen to that. Cocktail by F.Hero is a very good song like he's rapping fully in thai so probably don't know what he's saying but um, (laughs) but like as a rapper just rhythmically and how the song itself is very you know like asian karaoke how like those songs are very cheesy like very soap soap drama type of song it's that but he's rapping like hardcore rapping on top of that Mm. So the music itself is very well produced, but soap opera type of music. So very dramatic type of uh, like piano uh, ballad songs. And there's hardcore rapping on top of it. And it's done in Thai. Oh, it's so good. That song is so good. That's interesting. Uh, but Cocktail by F Hero. Really good. Um, and... I guess in terms of popularity, if you, and we're going back to this topic, but if you, if you are a fan of baby metal, he actually appears on a baby metal song. Oh, (laughs) That's his sort of international claim to fame being Mm -hmm. uh, featured on a baby metal song. (laughs) Right on. Uh, But yeah, that's, that's been sort of on my rotation this week. So yeah, that's what I've been listening to. Um, definitely listen to a lot more this week than i have yeah mostly just like singles and stuff i haven't i haven't found an album i can like really dig into uh mm-hmm. for for good amount of time i'm i'm waiting for like an album to really like capture my attention but it's been a while well actually folklore folklore would have been the last one yeah yeah all right cool so let's move on we're uh, moving on to the Today in History segment. So today is uh, March 22nd. Uh, and Today in History, in music history, 1943, Keith Reef, lead vocalist for the Yardbirds, is born in Richmond, Surrey, England. So I actually have to look this up because I wasn't sure if like this was the original singer, but this is the original singer for the Yardbirds when they had oh, you know, wow. Paige and, and Clapton and all those guys. It's amazing how many famous band musicians has have gone through the Yardbirds at some point. Yeah, it's so impressive. It's so impressive how many were in that band. Mm-hmm. Uh, today in history, happy birthday to Andrew Lloyd, Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber. 1948, he is born in Kensington, London, England. Honestly, I love Andrew Lloyd Webber's music. Like Phantom of the Opera... I can listen to from front to back and it's just such a good, just good Broadway music. He definitely has a way to hook the audience and kind of tell the story of what's going on in like a theatrical sense, which is kind of neat. I think he's like the best in terms of like Broadway music. It's just, I don't know. He just has a real talent for that stuff. He's like the, uh, What's, what's the guy named? John Williams. He's like the John Williams of the Broadway. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, 1962, 19-year-old Barbara Streisand makes her Broadway debut starring in the play I Can Get It. I Can Get It For You Wholesale. Barbara Streisand. I've never, honestly, I've never even listened to a Barbara Streisand song. If you told me a, a song name, a song by Barbara Streisand, I would be like, I have, I don't know what that is. You probably have heard songs like I was the same yeah, way maybe, until, maybe. until they're like, oh, this is by Barbara Streisand. I'm like, oh no shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, 1963 in the UK, the Beatles released their debut studio album, Please Please Me. It goes number one in a few months. So pretty historic day. The very first Beatles album was released today. Uh, 
1965, Bob Dylan releases his fifth album, Bringing It All Back Home. The album would contain songs like Subterranean, Homesick Blues, and Mr. Tambourine Man. Mr. Tambourine Man is my favorite Bob Dylan song. Yeah, that's that's a classic. Even Subterranean, Homesick Blues is, yeah. is a good one. I feel like... Like again, I've never listened to a Bob Dylan album front and back, but I know a lot of his songs. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that album would have like if it has those two, I'm sure it has more that that we've heard of. Yeah. But. Subterranean Homesick Blues is like a song that only Bob Dylan can do, I feel like. Like imagine a song like that being released today with that sort of cadence, with that weird sort of like vocal cadence being released today. I don't think it would do well. It's very true because I've I've heard covers of it by other artists and it's it's just not good. Hey, like I've never... hey, well, hey. that's like that's the Bob Dylan thing. Maybe Jimmy Fallon <laughs> can pull it off. <laughs> but it would sound like Bob Dylan singing it though. Yeah, everyone is just doing an imitation of Bob Dylan essentially. Like that song is just perfect Bob Dylan. But but even if you try to sing that song like like you said like normally like and I, and I don't mean like normally, like like just as in like the normal vocalist yeah. would tackle it. It just would not like the song just doesn't yeah. it just doesn't have the same effect. Yeah, it wouldn't be good. It wouldn't mm-hmm. be good. It has to have that weird sort of Bob Dylan thing on it. <laughs> and then if you try to imitate Bob <laughs> Dylan, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ah. <laughs> Uh, today in history, 1967, The Who make their U.S. stage debut, performing at the Paramount Theater in New York City. Now, there's a band that would be awesome to see live. Yeah, back in the day, The Who live, that'd be like, that'd be the craziest thing. Could just imagine in like the 60s and you just see a band just trashing everything on stage. Your, your mind would be blown. You'd be like, what are they doing? <laughs> It's so true because I feel like the British bands, like in this era, were a lot more just like aggressive on stage yeah. than American bands were. Like, like I felt like, like any time a, a British rock band came to America to tour for the first time, they like blew. Like I feel like they blew any American band out of the water. Like you look at Queen, their first tour in America, everyone's like. Who the fuck are these guys? These guys are insane. Yeah. <laughs> right? The who who would be insane too? Yeah. Like Yeah, it'd be like, nuts. Oh, it just if we if we could have traveled back in time and seen the who perform live, that'd be like crazy. Yeah, that that'd be insane. I have no interest in seeing them today. But Yeah, no, neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> but back in the day for sure. Mm. Uh, 1969, on this day, two days after their wedding, John Lennon and Yoko Ono begin their bed-in, bed in, uh, inviting members of the media into their Amsterdam hotel room where they are promoting peace with songs, signs, and dialogue. So that is sort of the famous uh, video slash photos of John Lennon and Yoko Ono in bed. So they spend uh, two days in bed trying to promote peace as hippies do. That's all I say for that. <laughs> Just a head shake. <laughs> uh, and then staying on sort of the John Lennon train, two years later, 1971, John Lennon releases Power to the People in the U.S. That's a pretty good one by Lennon. Uh, 1975, Led Zeppelin's physical graffiti album hits number one where it will stay for six weeks. Physical graffiti has uh, no known plagiarism, plagiarism issues with it, but you never know. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh eric we have to talk about this one 1977 stevie wonder releases sir duke a single from his album songs in the key of life that is probably my favorite favorite uh stevie stevie wonder song yeah it's it's like such a good song that's like if i were to make a list of like top 20 songs i'm pretty sure sir duke need like has to be on my list yeah. What what's even more amazing about that song is that how complex and how good it sounds, even to like just as a popular genre yeah. of of the music masses, he did everything himself. 
<laughs> right? Like everything he recorded himself. That that was like all him. He didn't have anybody come in yeah. and do the recordings. He did it all himself, which is even more nuts that his brain is able to just be like, oh, like this was envisioned in my head to sound like this. Yeah. Yeah, like it's clearly a pop song, but then once you get into it, it's like, oh, he's doing like some weird like blues notes or chromatic runs. And then he's got like this unison section where every single instrument is doing this like crazy, like crazy like solo. riff. Yeah, everyone's yeah. doing a solo in unison. It's just like mind blowing. That's oh. Yeah, every time it breaks to that part, I just like this is the best song ever. <laughs> yeah, it's it's such a good song. I love Sir Duke by Stevie Wonder. Uh, all right, 1980, Pink Floyd tops the Hot 100 charts with another Brick in the Wall Part Two, which stays there for a total of four weeks. It's a rare hit single for a band whose only other top 40 appearance is Money. Pink mm. Floyd was never a uh, chart-topping bands, even though their albums have been on the charts for, like, millennium. <laughs> <laughs> they just, like, never went, like, top 10, top 20, top 40, whatever. It, they were always, like, it stuck in that, like, hot 100 or top 100 for, like, 200, 300 weeks. They're, like, a really slow burn band. I, I feel like it would be the same if they were to release songs out now. Like, they would be considered that stoner rock genre. Yeah. It's just like, oh, you guys, you guys belong over here. Yeah, right? just That's good yeah. for you guys. <laughs> yeah, like just imagine like Dark Side of the Moon clocking at eight minutes. No one, no one would play play that. Mm -hmm. Like comfortably numb. No one would play that on the radio. They'd be like, this song's too too long. Mm -hmm. Too long. We can't play commercials. <laughs> oh, totally. Uh, oh, here we go. 1987, Anthrax released their third album, Among the Living. If you are a thrash metal fan, if you want to get into thrash metal, if you want to get into metal in general, this is one of those albums you have to listen to. Anthrax's third album, Among the Living, is a thrash metal classic. It is the best Anthrax has ever released Arguably? No. I'm going to make a definitive statement right now. It is the <laughs> best Anthrax album released. It is a thrash metal classic. You need to listen to it. Basically, 50% of all of good Anthrax songs are on this album that they've ever written. It's on this album. So this is a very, very, very good album. So I, it was released right. in 1987. You have to go check it out. <laughs> Um, oh, staying within the, the metal genre, in 1994, Pantera released their seventh studio album, Far Beyond Driven. It is one of the very few heavy metal albums to actually reach number one uh, on the Billboard charts. Uh, notable songs on this album are Becoming, Five Minutes Alone, and I'm Broken. Um, mm. Yeah, it's like crazy that to think there was a time in in our music history that pantera this freaking like southern texas like heavy metal band that just screams like he's like angry screaming into the mic so a band like this can go number one to me that's like craziness i feel like it was it wouldn't happen again like, like, it's just, like, yeah. kind of, like, a one-shot. They got it, and then they're in kind of thing, right? Like, yeah. yeah. I, I can't like, see any other time period where, where it would hit number one. Yeah. Like, I yeah, I don't think there will ever be a resurgence of sort of the metal metal genre in, in at least North America. I, I could see it in Europe because, you know, you have the Finns and you have the Swedes who are, like, super into metal. So they definitely... They definitely still have an interest in metal music, but I think North America as a whole, they've sort of moved on to uh, more R&B, hip-hop, EDM type of music at this point, but I don't think you'll ever circle back to metal at any point. I don't even yeah. think we'll circle back to rock music, to be honest. Like, rock music will always exist, but I don't think... I don't know. I think that rock's music time to shine is sort of, sort of done, I think. Yeah. Who knows? Like, Who knows? like, 
I guess if you really wanted to argue that point, which I feel like we won't get into in this podcast, but like certain elements of those genres are like becoming big. Mm. Like, like, you know, like disco was huge. Right. And it kind of has that just pulsating beat, which is kind of what's in music now. Right. Right. And then you get into that hip hop era, which I would consider like, I'm not a hip hop expertise and no account but i would consider that's probably the best era of hip-hop mm. right when it's first coming out to then now it's like their version of hip-hop which is awful <laughs> right like you know what yeah, i mean yeah, yeah 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 right so so i feel like it like elements of those genres are like they're trends almost coming back but um, I guess disclaimer, because we are talking about Pantera, because this sort of comes up all the time. Yes, I am aware of their white supremacist uh, tendencies. I still love this band, and I don't care what people say. <laughs> yeah, their lead singer had some issues. Um, I, I'm on the fence with this band, to be honest, because like, it was one incident, and he's sort of dumb. He's actually no. the lead singer. <laughs> he's, dumb. he's dumb. He's an idiot. But I think he did it. Personally, I think it's just because he's dumb and he doesn't know better. And he didn't do it out of malice. He basically <laughs> like gave a gave a Hitler salute on stage at some point because the crowd was goading him into it. And he was like super drunk. Um, I don't know. I, I think... It was, I don't know. Let's let's try to stay away from that topic. I still yes. like Pantera. I still, I have, I'm sort of torn with Pantera, but I still like Pantera. Uh, all right, moving on. 1997, Paul McCartney's original birth certificate is sold to a private Beatles collector for $84,000. Would, would you sell your birth certificate for $84,000? Yeah, and then charge the guy with identity theft? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I would. Like, what? What is a birth certificate good for, anyways? Unless... You need it for things. <laughs> you need it for like important things. Like I've never used it in my life. <laughs> I've never used it. No one's asked me for. Well, my when birth you sell it, when you sell it, it's going to be the time you're going to need to use it. <laughs> like, who needs your birth certificate? Only Obama needs his birth certificate. That's it. That's the only person on this planet that needs a birth certificate. <laughs> uh... Oh my God, Taylor lost her birth certificate. <laughs> For sure I would. See, and then then you would have lost it and it would have been fine because you got some money out of it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, anyways, yeah, so Paul McCartney doesn't have his original birth certificate, apparently. You can, can always get a new one. <laughs> hey, why do you need another one? I sold it again. <laughs> um, your parents <laughs> lost it. Jeez. Okay, uh, moving on. 2003, Britney Spears's uh, movie Crossroads earns eight nominations at the 23rd Golden Raspberry Awards. Uh, the Golden Raspberry Awards is the award show that promotes terribleness in movies. Uh, <laughs> it would win twice for worst original song uh, for "I'm Not a Girl, <laughs> Not Yet What, Not Yet a Woman," and also worst actress for Britney Spears. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like uh, that's a bit mean. I remember getting pissed off because uh, Clapton has his Crossroads music festival <laughs> every so often. And I remember one year, like, the lineup was insane. And I was trying to check to see if it came out on, uh, like, DVD or Blu-ray yet. And I typed it in, and that was the first thing that popped up. <laughs> I was like, why? <laughs> why is this here? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think I've ever watched that movie. I'm pretty sure I'll never watch it, but I I don't think I've ever watched it. Well, you watched the Caveman movie. Oh, the Caveman movie. You should <laughs> watch it one day. It's it's a real trip. It's a real I trip. got nothing but time now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 2013, My Chemical Romance announced their breakup after 12 years as a band. They would, they would get back together. They're currently together, but uh, yeah. They announced their breakup and broke a bunch of emo kids' hearts uh, in 2013 on this day. See, I I remember that era 
of music coming out in high school, don't you, Kim? When yeah. like you have bands like Blink One Eighty Two, you know, Billy Talent, Sun Forty One, and and then you get these like emo bands, like emo punk bands coming out, and you're like, what is this soft stuff? <laughs> Yeah, it was like the my, uh, the Fallout Boy. Like the Fallout Boy was straddling the line, and then My Chemical Romance comes out, and it's like, oh my god, these kids whine too much. I know, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Uh, but yeah, I never really listened to My Chemical Romance. Like, I assume they're a decent enough band because a lot of people did like them. Um, but I've never, I never got into it. Um, oh, here we go. 2016. So we did talk about a tribe called Quest, specifically Fife Dog earlier. But today, in 2016, after years of health problems and a battle with diabetes, Fife Dog of a tribe called Quest uh, passes away at the age of 45. Um, so, yeah, like a huge part of a tribe called Quest. Just like one half of the MCs in this band. Uh, so... And one of the most important hip hop groups ever. So, a huge loss in the hip hop no community. Uh, and then, is that finally? Is that the last one? Oh no, I have one more for you. Um, another another death, but it's sort of. I don't know if you're gonna care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, make me feel cold hearted. 2017 original Boston drummer Sib Haitian. Um, dies at the age of 67 after collapsing during the Legends of Rock cruise. Uh, he is actually the one that plays on the first two albums. So I had to actually look this one up because my recollection of uh, Boston is that they only ever released three albums. But once I looked it up, there was three albums. Then they went on hi hiatus for like 10 years or something, and they released a bunch of other albums after that. Because uh, I always thought like Boston had sort of a relatively short career, but like relatively good songs on those albums. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, they apparently have a lot more albums. But this is the original drummer. He appeared on the first two albums. So all those like hit songs that you know Boston for, uh, he was the drummer for that. Interesting. Yeah. Boston's an interesting band. Like, I don't think... People will never say Boston is my favorite band or they changed my life. But if you listen to <laughs> like if you listen to their music, it's some pretty like progressive stuff in there, right? Like they're playing their asses off on those songs. Yeah. And and I felt I feel like those bands had a like great musicians. Like even like if you look at Chicago or even Foreigner, for instance. Right? But but they were kind of just like I don't know. They kind of fell through the waistband. I, th I just don't think they have that cool factor. They didn't. None of them had like an Eddie Van Halen or an Angus Young or um, or a Gene Simmons type of person. Person. They didn't have personality. Like Foghat yeah. might have had Mister uh, Fogarty, but like he's not cool. He's pretty <laughs> lame. He's a pretty lame person. So he like, is, yeah. <laughs> like they didn't have that person as good of musicians. They they were they didn't have personality those bands mm. that probably is why they they'll they won't get that recognition <laughs> <laughs> hold on two two, two. There. john fogarty is lame <laughs> that's basically what i said all right anyways that's the day in history march 22nd lots of things happened today all right, moving on. So this is sort of, uh, this is a first for us. We are going to be uh, doing, uh, we're moving on to the album review section. This is a first for us. We have never done a live album uh, ever uh, on this podcast. This was sort of requested to us by uh, someone that watches the show a lot. Uh, so uh, we have listened to the people. We are giving them what they want today we maybe are maybe not the review that they want but... <laughs> that's true um today we are uh reviewing live at the london palladium by marvin gay so uh live at the london palladium by marvin gay is a live double album released on march 15th 1977 
Uh, Marvin Gaye is one of the most prominent musicians to come out of Motown in the 60s. He started off as an in-house session player and then as a solo singer, songwriter, and record producer. Uh, eventually, uh, he would earn nicknames such as Prince of Soul and Prince of Motown. Uh, recording of this live album took place over several concerts at the London Palladium in October 1976. Uh, the only exception is the song Got to Give It Up, which was recorded in Marvin Gaye's studio in L.A. The album received critical praise upon release and went on to be Gaye's most successful live release. Uh, it also went on to become one of the most commercially successful albums during his tenure at his Motown label, Tamla. During this time, Gay was also going through a divorce with his first wife and moving on to his second wife. Uh, on top of that, he was going through drug addiction to help cope with his stage fright. Uh, and that is why you actually hear him mumble uh, words in, in this album at times. Uh, so Eric, this album, how did you feel about it? How did you listen to it? Give me your thoughts. I mean, I've, I think Marvin Gaye is great, and I agree. He's the prince of Motown and the prince of soul. Like, you're not going to get a more soulful kind of music uh, from this guy. And uh, I enjoyed this live album. I thought it was well recorded. Uh, it's hard to produce that live sound that when you're there, and and ice, like just to, in terms of isolating each instrument. Um Listening to this album, I really wanted to be up there. Like, I think it would be a lot of fun just jamming out with these guys on stage because, like, they probably had their set list, but there was a lot of freestyle and stuff going on in there. Mm -hmm. um, that bass guitar player was just, like, unreal. Like, oh, my God. Just every song, just slapping the bass hard. Yeah. Uh, I thought his stage performance, it, it kind of shocked me, but I didn't know he had stage fright, but... Uh, you know, like for a guy who sings such sexy songs that like, you know, sets that sexy mood, you know, like let's get it on like perfect example. Like he just sounds like, like, and, and I wouldn't say I have the best stage performance alive, but, but he just has a very, just like, it's like you're having like a business meeting, like, Oh, hi guys. Welcome to the show. I hope you you'll find your pamphlets underneath your seat. Like it's it's kind of like like an infomercial when he's talking mm -hmm. to the crowd. But you could you can definitely tell because I my first thought is it's either he's really hammered because he's mumbling some of his like talking to the audience or or he's he's on drugs right, which was common in this era. Um, I thought that the medleys kind of in the middle of the set. Like I enjoyed listening to the uh, to the medleys and all his like hits, but like for instance in medley one, I heard it through the grapevine, which is probably one of his most iconic songs, right? His very first iconic song. It just has that awesome just swing and soulful vibe to it, and I just felt like they rushed through that yeah kind of thing. Like it didn't sound like I heard it through the grapevine. It's like all right, let's just get the song done, kind of thing. Like, yeah, I didn't hear it from the grapevine. We already listened to it and played it, so let's just let's get it done. Um, but I, I don't know. Like, I feel like this this live album, great jams. Definitely, if you were there live, I would say probably 75% of the audience, uh, you know, be, like couples became pregnant <laughs> after, you know. <laughs> it definitely <laughs> would put people in the mood for sure. <laughs> Like while they're while either during or after, <laughs> I am sure there is Marvin Gaye's live at the Palladium children out there mm -hmm. that have been conceived during or after this show. So, yeah, like this, this album is sort of a mixed bag for me uh, because I do agree with you. Like, it's a very very well produced album like it sounds good it comes out from the 70s like if you told me this was a recording from a concert in the 70s i wouldn't believe you because like it sounds really good you hear all the instruments like you definitely hear marvin Gaye singing 
And it's like, how can this be a live album? It just sounds too good. Um, so from that perspective, like, it's great. Uh, but then Marvin Gaye's performance on it, at times I'm like, oh, I feel this. I feel the energy coming through the speakers. But at other times I'm like, what is he doing? <laughs> like, what's yeah. going on? Is it like, did he forget the words or something for his songs? There's just yeah. like parts of it that are just like, just mumbling through. And, and yeah, I do agree with you. There are like some stiff interactions with the audience um, I don't know if that's because the way they, they cut it up or something, but it, it's a bit, it's a bit weird at times. Um, and then also the medleys as, as interesting as those are, and I'm sure in a live situation, uh, they, the crowd will probably appreciate it. I also think for an album, it might, I don't think it works. There were too many medleys. There were like, six right six on this album something crazy yeah, and they were all in a row too yeah. which which i didn't like yeah it was just like i don't know it was too many medleys all in a row and there were songs there that i was like why don't you just play the whole song <laughs> i know i think playing i heard it through the grapevine like and that's one of them or, or even that ain't no mountain high enough like oh my god that's there's a, like 30 seconds of that i was like what's going on why are you moving on yeah well i i just felt like he rushed like i really enjoyed the first half of this show mm. but then it started just going like as the metal metal went and it's it's like I, I just feel like if you're gonna do a medley you should do it maybe two Right. Because I feel like then it just you're just losing people because then it's like, OK, well, like, I don't know what's going on now. <laughs> like what what song is he playing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's too many, too many medleys. And maybe like in the live performances, maybe he actually did do two medleys every night. Right. Like because this was recorded over multiple nights. So maybe they just took a medley from every night and then just like put it on the album but i just don't think it works in an album format i think it could have been done better uh for the album itself so it's sort of a hit and miss album for me because like on one hand i think the band sounds really good um and then in sort of the middle i think marvin gay is sort of like hit and miss like as talent as talented as we know he is i just don't think on a live situation he is the strongest performer that exists and then on the bad side is like this doesn't really work as an album overall yeah it, it's almost in the sense like if you were going to do a live album i, I kind of prefer like usually when a live album is done for the most part i would assume that they just come out with like their top show like london okay this marvin gay is playing london it's his one show just mm. one show yeah. front to back this is his best set list compared to the other sets he has planned for other cities. And then you, you like you listen to the album and you're like, yeah, it kind of has the same feel as I got to see him in in this city yep. or whatever, right? And I, and I felt like that would have been, I would have been a lot more intrigued with this live album mm -hmm. if it was like that. Yeah, because I think a big part of what makes a good live album is you want to sort of imagine yourself at the show. But if you chop mm -hmm. it up sort of in this sort of way, it doesn't feel like a live performance anymore. So mm -hmm. it sort of loses that sort of magic, um, which is sort of unfortunate. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, so Eric, final thoughts, rating on this album, what are you going to give it? See, I feel bad because I really like Marvin Gaye and I love his, like, I, I feel like he's written a lot of great songs. Like, like probably... One of his songs will make top 10 in, in my, you know, top 10 songs ever written. Yeah. And I'm going to have to give this a, a seven. Oh, you're giving it. That's that's high. I, in my yeah. opinion, I think that's high. Because <laughs> I, I was thinking about I was like, this is mm -hmm. as an album. This this does not work as an album. Like, yeah, I. I would never be like, oh, you have to listen to this album. It's like the best of Marvin Gaye. Like, if you really want to get into Marvin Gaye, this is the album you have to listen to. I would never recommend yeah. this album. Um, it's not even like a greatest hits album where I could be like, oh, yeah, this is this is like all his hits and you can listen to all of them here. 
it's sort of just like a mishmash of like just like snippets of like little things here and there and then his performance is on and off on this album so like purely from that standpoint like i can't give it higher than a six because Mm. i think as an album it's just not not a good album not to say the songs are bad the songs Mm. that we get to enjoy on this album are very good but as an album it just doesn't work so See, I was tempted to give it a 6.5, but I, I really thought the band was tight. Mm, yeah. And and just even like those saxophone solos or trumpet solos, like it's just they're having a lot of fun up there, like the band, and you can tell. Yeah. And I feel like once he gets into his element, he would be great live performer. You know, like he's singing and some people are just awkward at talking to the audience. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, but but yeah, like I, I feel like for a Marvin Gaye album, it sh- you should at least be giving it an eight or a nine. But mm-hmm. it's kind of yeah, I, I probably wouldn't recommend this live album. I'd say go listen to his greatest hits or something. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would definitely be like, yeah, skip this completely and just go to like greatest hits if if you're looking for some sort of compilation of his work. Um, mm-hmm. That'd be a better choice. So yeah, I, I'll, I'm gonna give it a six, even though I don't want to. But I, I just don't think as an album this thing works at all. But you know, we're we're always wrong about stuff. This is one of the greatest selling Motown <laughs> albums of all time. So you know, what, what do we know? <laughs> what the hell do we know exactly? <laughs> um. Okay. Cool. So that that's our Marvin Gaye. Uh, live at the London Palladium review. Uh, For those of you uh, who are following along with us every single week, uh, the next album we are actually going to be reviewing will be uh, Bruce Springsteen's Born in the USA, which I'm super excited for because Bruce Springsteen such so good. He is good. So good. Uh, Okay, Eric, let's let's move on to this thing, the mixtape battle. So, Eric... This was your topic that you got got uh, last week. Uh, so just to give everyone sort of a uh, background on this, uh, we have taken a random speech topic generator. It produces three random topics for us. One of us will uh, pick one of the three, and the other person must create a three-song mixtape based on that topic. So Eric, your choice, or my choice, was for you to make a mixtape with the topic DNA. So let's see what you got this week. All right. So for it's kind of funny because when I send you the pictures, I, I don't know if you're going to guess it or not. So I just tried to send you generic yeah, pictures. That's fine. Uh, so this first picture is of the offspring. And the first song I pick is Come Out and Play. Come Out and Play? That's not a single by them, right? That's just a, a B-side, I think? I think it's one of their, their hits. I don't, I'm not it? sure if it's a single, but oh. it's the one you got to keep them separated. Oh, hey. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a single, but, yeah. And and I know I, I read somewhere that the song's about like them in like biology class <laughs> or like chemistry, so, and you know, they're they're dealing with like meiosis and mitosis and stuff like that. So I, I was like, Oh, that was the first thing that popped in my head. It was like, Oh, offspring. <laughs> this, band, this band is so weird because like they're a high school band, but they got their high school janitor yeah. to like, As their bass player <laughs> it's so significantly weird. older than they are. Which it's so is weird. <laughs> so that's my, that's my number one, because I feel like that that'd be a good opener okay. out of, yeah. Next one. That's so, a very good song. Very good song. Sorry, say the song uh, again so people know. Uh, Come out and play by the Offspring. Okay, perfect. So, and and usually it's it's mistaken for you got to keep them separated, but it's the same song. <laughs> so uh, my second song is by the Bare Naked Ladies from a hit TV show, The Big Bang Theory theme oh, song. Oh, that's good. That's good. I love that. Yeah. That's very good. Yeah. And if you actually listen to the actual full song, which is like four minutes long, uh, and it's weird because at the end of the sh- like the theme song, right? It's like it all started with a big bang, and then it ends, right? Mm. And then it then it starts the verse again. <laughs> it's, just kind of, it's a weird structured song, so that's why I kind of put in in that one. But uh, read the lyrics, 
it speaks for itself. Is the song actually called the Big Bang Theory uh, theme song, or is there an actual name to the song? That's, I think, what it's called. Okay. Okay. What, what I looked. What that is a very at. good song choice for DNA. I love yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And so my next one, which will surprise you, so I had to listen to this because, <laughs> uh, of course, when I type use the Googles, um, <laughs> it comes up. Uh, this next one is Kendrick Lamar has a song called DNA. Okay. I don't think he talks about DNA in that song, does he? Uh, it, oh, yes, he does, Kim. Does he? <laughs> yes, he does. I need Read to look the lyrics up. to I need our to audience. Up now. It's just so... I got, I got, I got, I got. Loyalty got royalty inside my DNA. Oh, he does say DNA a lot in the song. <laughs> Cocaine quarter peace got war and peace inside my DNA. I got power, poison, pain, and joy inside my DNA. I got hustle through ambition flow inside my DNA. Okay, he does say DNA a lot. So the reason why I chose this song as my end, because I picture the song has a vibe that would be perfect for like an end credits for a movie. And like you just see the end credits mm-hmm. rolling, so that 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 is where I got. I'm like, oh, that'd be perfect for an ending song. Okay, I just found out something. Uh, <laughs> so DNA in this case does not refer to uh, does not refer to the biological term. Uh, well, of course it doesn't, but it doesn't specify. I was in the wondering. <laughs> I was wondering, like, why does he keep saying DNA? He's actually using an acronym. It's uh. Dead N-word association. That's what that's what he's referring to in this song. But you know, he's still using DNA. <laughs> yeah, he he is. <laughs> Very nice. Anyway, but you could have all that stuff in your DNA for sure. Yeah, that's true. It's a double entendre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very nice. (laughs) Saved by the double entendre. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. I like this one. The offspring, offspring, bare naked ladies, and then Kendrick Lamar. It's a very strange (laughs) collection of musicians. Could you Um, imagine going to a show where offspring opens for bare naked ladies, and then the bare naked ladies opens for Kendrick Lamar? (laughs) That'd be the weirdest audience in the world. (laughs) Ah, okay. Very good. I liked it. I like that mixtape. That's like, that's very solid. <laughs> okay, here we go. So um, we are going to now uh, generate three more topics for next week. So Eric will choose one of the three, and I will have to make a three-song mixtape with that topic. So here we go. <laughs> World, <laughs> World Trade Organization, Black Friday, Americanization of China. These are the worst topics. <laughs> oh man. These are horrible. <laughs> what the fuck? How am I supposed to do anything with this? <laughs> oh, uh, I feel like this generator is just pretty much giving me the, the FBA every single time. All right, Eric, talk through it. Talk through it. See what. See which yeah. one do you want to go with? World Trade Organization. World Trade <laughs> Organization. Oh I don't even know. God. <laughs> Black Friday. Maybe that Friday song by. Oh, Rebecca Black. Friday, Friday. <laughs> but I don't even know. That's not about Black Friday, but. Um, Friday. Uh, and then Americanization of China, which. I feel like there's no song. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) Nothing's coming to mind right now, but maybe. Oh, man. Bob definitely did not write a song about Americanization of China. (laughs) I don't think anybody has. Uh, Who should I, what should I pick? Uh, I think I'm going to pick Black Friday. Black Friday? Okay. Because I feel like the other two are going to be <laughs> a little a little tough, even though I'm, I'm curious to see. <laughs> <laughs> These are horrible topics. Okay, anyways, Black Friday it is. I need to make a mixtape with the topic Black Friday. There's got to be some hip-hop songs talking about Black Friday. There has to be. Has to. You would think. <laughs> 
One would think. Yeah. Maybe there's like a Springsteen or Dylan song like about the historical significance of Black Friday, not the the actual shopping experience of Black Friday, but like, <laughs> you know, the actual historical like stock market crash of for Black Friday. <laughs> I could see that a folk song. There's probably a folk song about Black Friday somewhere. <laughs> okay. Anyways, um Moving on. Uh, so we're, we're sort of near the end here, but uh, the controversial statements for this this week are Presbyterian is very plain. It's one of the more boring religions said by Eric and John Fogarty is lame, which was said. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I spelled his name wrong, but that's fine. Uh, all right, let's end this off. Quote of the week presented by Anthony Kiedis. A foxhole love, pie in your face, living in and out of a big fat suitcase, bonafide ride, step aside my Johnson. Yes, I could, in the woods of Wisconsin. <laughs> this is from the gospel of Anthony Kiedis. Is this all around the world? Yes, all around the yes. world. There you go. That was a very good bass line by Flea. Oh, yeah. That was very good. <laughs> All right. So that's it for the show. Next week, we are going to be reviewing Born in the USA by Bruce Springsteen. Um, Eric, any closing thoughts before I wrap things up? Nothing. Nothing. Okay. Well, anyways. Hmm? <laughs> Don't I break your that. ankles. <laughs> um, just wrap things up. Uh, thanks everyone for joining into the live show here at YouTube.com/slash Dragonflies Band. Uh, we're live here every Monday at uh, 10 p.m. EST, 7 p.m. PST. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, all the places where you find your podcasts. Uh, if you don't make the live show. Uh, come join the discord it's in the link of everywhere uh, you can come and argue with us about why we're wrong about everything about music and we don't know anything uh, that is the best <laughs> avenue uh, to voice your complaints to us uh, but yeah that's basically it uh, thanks everyone for joining in and we will catch you all next time peace, peace.